Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So do you remember when three-time Super Bowl champ and Pro Football Hall of Famer Steve Young had harsh words for the Ravens last season as it relates to their handling of Lamar Jackson? Because we do, right, Bobby? <laughs> I certainly do. I know you do as well. And, you know, Steve did not stutter on Monday Night Countdown that night, Sarah, when he begged Baltimore, and I mean begged them, to stop holding number eight back by not building a sophisticated passing game around him. Well, a year later, as we've all seen, Young's words have aged like fine wine, and we're going to revisit them coming up. I'm Sarah Ellison alongside Bobby Trossett. It is Wednesday, November 8th, and this is your morning Ravens update from Inside the Vault. So, Sarah, NBC Sports football analyst Chris Sims gave a huge compliment for how the Ravens have handled their business in the trenches on both sides of the ball thus far this season. Yeah, and guys, Lamar Jackson was mic'd up during the Ravens season, Ravens-Seahawks game, and you won't want to miss some of his behind-the-scenes comments during the game. Plus, did Brown star pass rusher Miles Garrett just give the Ravens some bulletin board material ahead of this week's matchup at the bank? We have all that more coming up. Thanks for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. So, as promised, let's rewind, Sarah, to August of 2022, when three-time Super Bowl champion, Pro Football Hall of Famer, BYU grad, one of your guys growing up, right? You loved watching this guy at loved BYU. Him. And then yeah. on into the NFL, he's he's one of the most respected uh, professional athletes in the world and in the NFL, of course. And I'll let you set this up specifically because you had some back and forth on Twitter that got you brainstorming to begin with. Yeah, I'll have to look up. I'm gonna I'll look up while you're talking a little bit later. Uh, one of uh, the guys I interact with on Twitter who kind of reminded me of this and. Bobby, as I listened to it, I remember the first time I listened to it, because I have so much respect for both Steve and the Ravens, I hated the two clashing. Um, I'm happy to see that the Ravens have come around to what Steve was saying. Um, it, and and it's, it, I remember watching it the first time, feeling that like, oh, my two, my two favorite, like one of my iconic quarterbacks and the, the team that, you know, I worked for for 13 years and love. I just didn't like the clash, 
even though there was truth in it. And now almost a year later and seeing what the Ravens have done and rewatching it now, it's like, honestly, it's prophetic what he said. The, the way he believed in Lamar when so many people in the national media didn't. And in a way with the way Greg Roman and, and the philosophy with him and Harbaugh and what the Ravens were doing, I mean, just listening to it now, I think everybody listening to it now is going to be like, holy moly, did he have it right? For sure. And there's no clash to speak of, by the way, and what we have up on the screen. Lamar leads quarterbacks in completion percentage and rush yards this season through nine weeks. The only quarterback to do that in a single season since the 1970 merger was Steve Young back in 1994. And that season, Sarah, he went on to win the MVP and Super Bowl MVP. Now it's early. We get it. We're, we're only a halfway through the season. But clearly, there's some parallels here. There's a lot of mutual respect. And here's Steve Young again back in August of 2022 running hot about what the Ravens weren't willing to do at the time around Lamar. The Baltimore Ravens have doubled down again on being the most un being the most sophisticated running game in football. And they have been mowing through regular season opponents for a long time with this most sophisticated running game. My position is they will never get to championship football without a sophisticated passing game. That's not anything to do with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is a complete player that is being not trained in being a sophisticated passer. They doubled down again back to all the great things that Lamar does, great. But until he gets the chance to show that he is a sophisticated passer of the football in a sophisticated passing game that is properly you know, invested in, which we never have, which they never have done to Robert's point just a minute ago. They don't invest in it. They don't teach it. And now you ask them, why isn't he getting paid to be Patrick Mahomes? Because they haven't given him a chance to be Patrick Mahomes. So until they do, Lamar Jackson's damned because of what the Ravens are doing, not because of Lamar Jackson. I can't wait for someone to train Lamar Jackson in a sophisticated passing game. I think he'd be the greatest player in the history of the game. Yeah. But he keeps getting, he's being held back by the Ravens year after year because they keep doubling down to this thing that Lamar Jackson is great at. No question. He's, he's the best at that. Yeah. But it's not the championship football that they need to play, and it's not where Lamar Jackson wants to be. I want the full measure, Robert, of yeah. who Lamar Jackson is. And the full measure is not being brought forward by the Ravens. And if that's not the case, then get out and find someone who will. <laughs> Get out of the way and find someone that will. Well, the person that took the fall for that is obviously the person that got out of the way was Greg Roman. The person that will is now Todd Munkin. He said, and Bobby, this is coming from a dual threat quarterback. One of the greatest uh, prior to Lamar Jackson in Steve Young. And he saw it. He saw it from the beginning. It's like... It, Every there were so many people, especially in the media, whose judgment was clouded by what he was doing with his legs that you just automatically assumed he couldn't do anything with his arm. And Steve was just so, just the way he said it was so emphatic, get out of the way, get out of Lamar's way. And now, now it just feels like, and, and when he said that, like, He's like, I can't wait till somebody would, will, will teach him a sophisticated passing offense and, I can already hear Louisville fans saying he he already did that at, you know in college and this and that. 
And what's funny is when he says he could be one of the greatest of all time, I agree with that, number one. Number two, Lamar still hasn't peaked in this offense. Yeah, He still hasn't peaked because uh, I think you even tweeted recently it's because he hasn't ha- he hasn't had to. I mean, he's he's had his moments for sure, and like his his completion percentage is off the chart. His efficiency is off the chart. There's so many things that are off the chart. Maybe not raw production because, uh, I mean, they're just scoring at will with the running game inside the red zone. So that part doesn't look as good. But um, I-, I can't wait. I can't wait. I mean, the Ravens are scoring just a tremendous amount of points. They have the best. Point differential, obviously, that helps with the defense, too. Um, yeah, they're plus 115. That's both your offense and your defense producing in the correct ways. And so I can't wait. I mean, what happens when Lamar has to put on his Superman cape again and is able to deal to all of his receivers? Right now, it hasn't even been needed. But oh, just Steve Young saw the vision. I really wish I knew the inside the thoughts inside the building at the time when this came out, because I guarantee you Harbaugh watched it. I guarantee you everybody in the building watched it, but whether it was Steve or something else, Lamar himself in the contract situation or whatever, it finally feels like they're no longer doubling down. They went a different direction. And so far through nine weeks of the season, it has been the exact correct decision. And his comments have aged perfectly. You know, he ruffled a lot of feathers that day, to your point, right? Not only doing it on Monday Night Countdown with typically a por- a chunk of the entire NFL world watching, uh, but but doing it in a way with a- almost a thousand percent certainty in his voice. He spoke with conviction. He spoke with confidence. He spoke, he spoke with, with passion. At one point, I thought his voice was going to give out on him. <laughs> and I remember thinking at the time, and I remember actually chatting with you about this, because if that was August of 2022, we launched our show in late July, the month prior. So this yeah. was a this was a conver- this was a conversation that we had had, and I remember you feeling conflicted because about your your BYU ties and your admiration and love for for what Steve was able to do as a as an NFL player, but also to your point earlier on, your loyalty to the organization. And he did not mince his words that day. Right, right. And I just want to make clear, uh, my loyalty, I mean, I, the, it doesn't get in the way of being able to see what's what's on, what's there. That being said, I wasn't, uh, yeah, I think I, I think I held on to Greg Roman a year too long. I will say that. I feel like I, I held on to it a year too long where I feel like more people saw it earlier than I did for sure. And just to kind of follow up with that, Bobby, so... Um, the NFL website or Twitter, Twitter, um, account put up a bunch of all 22 angles of Lamar's throws just from this last week. And I wanted to put it with this segment with Steve young, because like I said, he saw the vision of what Lamar could do. And just a few throws from Sunday point that out. This first one will all, we kind of remember Lamar is rolling out to his right running. Then with a linebacker in his face, he suddenly does the jumps, the jump pass rolling out to the right jump pass up to Mark Andrews. Here's the other angle. Absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. Then here's another one. This one, he's going to step up in the pocket and watch how he just flicks it, just flicks it to Mark Andrews here. Flick. Just so effortless and easy. This next one is going to be to OBJ. Now watch this. He has to do a spin move to his blind side. 
Okay, so now he's he's going out to his left, has to start backpedaling, then off his back foot, throws the other way to OBJ. Another just fling, very easy. Now this one might be my favorite. Here he is inside the pocket, and the uh, it looks like the interior of the defensive line is getting pushed right up in his face. That's the place quarterbacks hate it the most, Bobby. It's like right in your face. This is like a bend it like Beckham kind of situation. I don't understand how he gets this angle. He sidearms it around this defender that's right in front of him and his own blocker to Bateman. That's my favorite. Now watch it. That was the front angle. Now watch the back angle. That's absurd. Just it's <laughs> that absurd. Is absurd. It's right, absurd. rewind that. Let's rewind that. That's that's insane. all right. Let's get this last one. Here we go. Here it comes. Here comes the back. This angle. is the angle right here. I mean, Ooh. seriously. He, 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 like he slung it right over physics? Ronnie's head. Yes. What's the <laughs> physics behind that? Plus, not to mention, it, it is the perfect spot to where three defenders couldn't get to it. And by the way, Bateman, great catch on that. Br great say, catch. Great catch by Bateman. You know what I'm thinking yeah. as you're, you're playing these, these highlights? I'm thinking of what Orlovsky had to say a week or so ago about the looseness with which Lamar operates with his right arm, right? It's, it's, mm. it's, he has... He has such a loose, free-flowing, mechanical nature that you saw it right there. Not many guys in the NFL not named Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson can make that that those kind of off-schedule throws. And 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 Steve Young, uh, Steve Young didn't talk about off-schedule throws, but he saw he saw the ability there from the beginning. So kudos to him. Great stuff. And so you know, you and I were prepping for the show, and we're like, okay, well, what's the angle that we want to take? After we kind of rewind to, to Steve Young, well, we have something that's in the present here. No need to fast forward. No need to rewind because it was provided this week on First Things First, which is a show on Fox Sports. Eric Mangini, former NFL head coach, not a very successful one. He has, as many of our subscribers and tweeters have told us across all of our social platforms, he has not been a huge fan of Lamar Jackson, at least in terms of his commentary over the years. I can't say that I watched that show, so I can't really speak to that. But based on what our audience, a good chunk of them have said, Sarah, he hasn't had a whole lot of positive things to say about Lamar. So just keep that in mind. Anyway, we'll go into this. Eric Mangini is presented by the, the Fox Graphics team, a bunch of statistics of Lamar through nine weeks of the season. And surprising to probably nobody, He's pretty much the top five in every single one of these categories, right? Passing, rushing, efficiency, completion percentage, all these things that we've noted. And here's Mangini being asked, hey, you were, well, actually, I think Nick Wright sets him up. So just listen to this. Okay, here's Lamar's ranks this season. Coach, pretty solid. You were a little bit, let's say, pessimistic about whether the Ravens' change of offensive game plan would work. Has this recent winning streak made you come around? Yeah, look, I love his completion percentage. I think it's fantastic. I don't love his nine touchdowns. He's got nine touchdowns with the, the new system. And, and in his MVP year, he had 36 touchdowns. And when you look at it, he's got the same amount of sacks that he had last year. He's carrying the ball the same amount as he was in the past. His interception rate is, is essentially the same. The reason I'm coming around on Baltimore is what they're doing defensively, not what they're doing offensively. And, and if we bring up if you look at what they're doing, it's almost every statistical category, they're first or second, and that's why the win. And then I know we want to look at this and say Lamar has changed dramatically as a passer, but okay, if nine touchdowns through, what, 
nine games. Nine games. If that's if that's the benchmark when we've seen him throw 36 touchdowns through 16 games, I'd say that we're not really hitting on all, all cylinders. All right, so let's pick this thing apart. And while doing so, maybe we before we do it, we preface it with this. The Ravens' defense is playing at a historic clip through nine weeks. We've covered that extensively. You know that when they start to flirt with numbers from the 2000 Ravens' defense, that that's the case. So we're not taking away from that. We're not discounting that, right? This is simply about talking about how Lamar Jackson has developed as a quarterback right now, what he has and hasn't had to do based on all the playmaking ability that's now around him. Sarah, over this four-win, four-game, excuse me, win streak, okay, Baltimore's outscored opponents 130, 130 to 49. Okay, it's been utter domination, including what we know they did to two division leaders from the NFC. Lamar, over that span, has accounted for just six total touchdowns. And the Ravens are putting up big... You saw the scoring differential that we just put up there. You've seen the utter domination. You've seen the ground game. And so to sit here and say that Lamar's not doing enough because you're going to compare his 36 total touchdowns from his MVP season is just... It's blasphemous to me. By the way, you have to add in what he does on the ground. The guy's got five total rushing touchdowns. So really, it's 14 total touchdowns that he's accounted for through nine weeks, which apparently still wouldn't be good enough for Eric. I, it just was so lazy to me because what – and you mentioned it earlier on in my tweet. What's mo impressed me the most about Lamar, and this was one of my big questions going into the year. Remember I used to say that the phrase dethrone? And then our, our listeners said, no, 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 it's can he spread the burden? And that's exactly what yeah. he's proven to be able to do so far in this new look offense, this new look scheme. He is Todd Munkin's point guard. He's distributing the football. He's getting mm -hmm. everybody involved, tight ends, running backs, uh, wide receivers, you name it. And so to, we're going to act as if his, his we're going we're gonna to measure him by metrics like total touchdowns and passing yards. And, and if they're not where they are, it's an indictment in terms of where Lamar is right now. Oh, my. I, I just It's like the guy can never do enough. And I hate the whole goalpost phrase thing because I just, I don't know. I, I think it's like a little cliche at times or a little over-exaggerated. But guess what? Eric Mangini is moving those goalposts. <laughs> it's it's selective stat cherry picking the stats for sure. I mean, Baltimore is in the last three games when with the ones that you because you just quoted the, the scoring there. Baltimore is seventy five percent in the red zone, seventy five percent, and the and the and running into running it into the end zone has been unstoppable. It it really has. <laughs> like the old like remember the half in Arizona where everybody was like, why are you throwing in the red zone? And Lamar after the game was like, yeah, I think we should run more. You know, Lamar saying that Lamar couldn't <laughs> care less about his stats. He wants to win. If you get 130 points quarterback quarterback helps with that. One, one quick thing I want to say, Eric Mangini, and then we'll move on. Cause I really don't think he's uh, worth too much time here, but he said on August 4th. Okay. Yeah. 
when 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 everybody's talking about this new offense under Todd Munkin, everybody was getting excited. What's it going to look like? He said on this exact same show, Greg Roman was the best fit for Lamar Jackson, and that philosophy was the best fit for his skill set. This seismic shift that they're going towards, I can't imagine it's going to work out the way they're hoping it's going to work. His greatest asset is the threat of him running the ball. A lot of defensive energy goes into stopping him as a runner, not as an now as an offensive coordinator. You've you're, you've taken that out of the mix. That's a good thing from a defensive perspective. So uh, he should be happy. He should be happy that you know Lamar doesn't have the passing stats that he wanted because he didn't want he didn't want the change in the first place. It's the complete opposite. Him, him, in August fourth of this year is the complete o- opposite of the August of twenty two of what Steve Young said. And um, he's he's very he's clearly archaic. Doesn't want to give up on it. Cherry picks the stats because he doesn't want to be wrong. Steve Young was right a year ago, a year ahead of Eric Mangini. Uh, that, to me, sums it up. Oh, he just said that in August. August 4th. Yeah, this, this last, <laughs> yeah, because he didn't like what they were doing with Todd Monk, and he, didn't, he wanted it to be Greg Roman still. You cannot right, but make do, this do you up. remember the red zone under Greg Roman? Do you remember how the ball wasn't moving under Greg Roman? And listen, Greg Roman was great for a time, but it played its course out. And it, there was no there was no evolution. There was no adding a passing game on top of it. To, to Eric's point, the Ra- Eric was wrong in the first place, by the way. And the Ravens never said they were going to abandon the run with Lamar. He's saying, and he, then he explained this last clip, he's running the same amount. Exactly, but they needed to marry a pass game to it. You didn't have that vision. They did. There's now a passing game. And guess what? The run game is still awesome, but if it ever gets shut down, now there's a passing game. Quickly moving forward to Miles Garrett's comments on Kay Adams' show. Just some people thought this was bulletin board material. We'll talk about it on the other side. Three decades. Uh, Lamar Jackson this week, you face Joe Burrow a lot. You play twice a year. I got to ask you, who are you giving the edge to right now? I think Joe's coming on strong. You know, I feel like when he's healthy, he's you know, one of those guys that can, can light you up each and every night. But, uh, I mean, Lamar, he doing such different ways, you know, even if his, you know, even if throwing is not on point that night, you, know, you can still you know, rush for 150 and three touchdowns. So it's it's just a matter of he can beat you in, in a couple of different ways or, you know, Joe can light you up for, for 400 and, you know, few people can do that in the league in general. You've sacked Lamar a lot. I think you've taken him down, what, four times? Only four? I think it's four. I think it's four. So who, like, uh, are you taking Lamar or Joe? Well, I'm taking down Lamar, but you know, <laughs> I'll take I'll take Joe right now. As far as uh, yeah, he's on fire. Who who's got the the nod over the other right now? Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver. It's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. (laughs) She was baiting him hard. Like, why is that bulletin board material, though? First of all, she's, like, all over him about the question. Second of all, everybody's entitled to their opinion. And Joe Burrow's been to a Super Bowl. Like, I'm, I'm fine with that. I don't think that was the first time I heard it. I mean, you want him. Uh, I mean, everybody wants everybody to pick Lamar over everybody else, whatever. Here's at the end of the day. I mean, Burrow is on fire as of late. Um, so whatever. They're both phenomenal quarterbacks, two completely different styles. I know I'm, I'm happy with Lamar. And I'll just say this. 
poor Miles Garrett, he's got Deshaun Watson. So that's his reality that he's living right now. <laughs> on to the wired. What's going on? What you got for us? All right. So listen, uh, this is going to the full show is going to debut, I believe. Don't they usually release it Wednesday night? Wednesday at eight o'clock. Okay, Wednesday at o'clock. So the Ravens account has been teasing us because it was Lamar Jackson who was mic'd up during the game on Sunday against the Seahawks. And there's plenty to look at, but there's just two that I kind I kind of wanted to look at. First of all, when when he's when Lamar was on the sideline for the fourth quarter because the game was already won, um, they put out this this picture of. Lamar from the sideline. This is an amazing photo. Look at how happy Lamar is as Keaton Mitchell is running his booty off. Like, and then the caption is Lamar Jackson was all of us watching Keaton Mitchell. I mean, Lamar is just his, his mouth is open. He's like, Ooh, and just like eyes are lasered on him. He's clearly happy to see Keaton, Keaton Mitchell break out. And then here was the moment that Lamar went out of his way to go talk to EDC. Sometimes this stuff is hard to hear, uh, but they've got subtitles. Here we go. Hey! That was a great pickup. <laughs> you, you got it. You got it. Okay, so they didn't have subtitles for what he said when he first went up. I think I I think what he said was, hey, great pickup. And then yeah. EDC's processing it, and then he goes, Keaton. Okay, so he goes out of his way to go over to the general manager to be like, hey, great pickup, this undrafted rookie, and then EDC has back who's faster. And Lamar is never in competition with his teammates. He's in competition with the rest of the league. So Lamar says, oh, yeah, Keaton's got it. He's got it. That's super cool, and I think it couples well with what I heard on Monday Night Countdown from RG3. Ha gave gave Keaton quite a label after one breakout game that I was definitely uh, double-taking the screen for. Oh, that's exactly what it is. You talk about uh, in baseball, like, finding your fastball again. Yeah, That's what the Ravens have done. I went to training camp this offseason, and the running backs were a little upset because they were throwing it all over the yard. You know, got all these new shiny toys, OBJ, Bateman's there, Zay Flowers, and they weren't getting many carries. Well, they're running the football now. Yeah. 298 yards rushing in this game. I think the Ravens understand who they are. And when they get to the playoffs, this is the thing that is going to really help them stand out. Not the running game itself, but the fact that now when the safeties come down and they get those one-on-one -on -one matchups on the outside, they now have guys on the outside that can win those one-on-one -on -one matchups. And they have a home run hitter at the running back spot in Keaton Mitchell, as you see right here running the football. Lamar Jackson had one touchdown the past two weeks. Yep. The Ravens scored 68 points. Imagine what's going to happen when Lamar starts scoring more touchdowns. This team is scaring everyone in the National Football League. The home run hitter label is what I'm referencing there. Uh, that's that's quite <laughs> that's quite a label for a guy who has one breakout game. I hope that's the case. I want to see the way that he adjusts to other teams in the league, like Cleveland, most notably up and coming, who have tape on him now. But we all know and we're all excited about the compliment that we think he can be with Gus Bus in the backfield. But uh, high praise there from RG3. All right. So the second wired piece that I grabbed was Lamar Jackson uh, and his reaction to OBJ and his guy Snoop Tyler Huntley throwing a, t a touchdown pass to OBJ. The offense comes to the line of scrimmage with 6-19 left to play in the ballgame. Ravens in front, 30-3. to 
There gotta be six right here, dog. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Justice Hill in the backfield. Huntley wants to throw. Touchdown. Lob to the back corner of the end zone, and it is caught. Touchdown, OBJ. His first is the Ravens. Let's go. Let's go, Let's go. Let's go. Guess what? Happy birthday, Odell Beckham. Nobody more excited for him than Lamar Jackson dancing along the sideline. All right. Uh, uh, listen, uh, when we talk about leadership of Lamar Jackson, so if you think about leadership of Ray Lewis, you kind of envision like him in the huddle pumping people guy pumping guys up, right? Roquan Smith, I think of like almost the same thing, but like his quotes that he gives on a weekly basis that's just unafraid. Lamar's not like that. When I think of Lamar Jackson's leadership, that what we just saw is what I envision in my mind. That's the picture I have, which is this absolutely selfless and encouraging and genuinely happy teammate for his guys. The way, first of all, he's calling, he's like, he, he's like wanting it. He wants it so bad for him. He's like, all right, before the play goes, he's like, all right, touchdown. All right, touchdown. We got this. And then after it connects, first of all, he's so happy for probably his best friend on the team, which is Tyler Huntley. And he goes out there, they do the chest bump, which knocks Lamar over. He's just so genuinely happy and then the same thing for obj he wanted it so badly so like everybody has their different ways of of leadership but some of my favorite leaders are guys like lamar who genuinely care about my success and are cheering me on uh that that to me was perfect and i feel like leads into like the next clip that you got and I, obviously you, you probably want to respond to this but like just the culture i mean Lamar helps when we talk about the culture in Baltimore and how positive and the good vibes, Lamar's a massive piece of that, Bobby. Yeah, it just reminds me that people who are quiet and or reserved can still be really effective leaders. You just might miss it if you're not looking closely. And so I, and I say remind because I think myself and you and I have very similar personalities in that we can be loud, we can be passionate, we can be, you know, outspoken and all those things. So it's important to remember, like, yeah, there are different types of leaders. Uh, sometimes you just got to look within. And I thought Kyle Van Noy, to your point, good segue here, being on the other side of 30, being that he's played for several different organizations throughout the NFL, and he knows, most importantly, what a championship type of, of organization looks and feels and sounds like. Uh, him speaking to the Ravens' culture on the Pat McAfee show earlier this week I thought was compelling. The team's been awesome. You know, it's a good combination of veterans and uh, younger guys and guys that are in contract years that have some years uh, in the league. And it's just been a really good mix. And honestly, it's been fun and exciting. There's a buzz in the building. Guys are ready to work every day, and they're hungry. They're hungry for success. Lamar's playing really well. Mark Andrews is playing really well. 
the defense is clicking. And like Rose says, our leader, we want to dominate. I mean, yesterday was another strong performance for our defense, getting after the quarterback. And we're really playing the style of defense you want to in any type of level where the rush and the coverage are married together and they're just really flowing. It's been awesome. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's so clear as day. It's just, it's just everything. Everything is clicking. Everything is clicking in Baltimore. And um, well, let's get into your Sims clip. Yeah. And I think just in the essence of time, since we can really, I have the quote that I think is most notable here. And, and this gets okay. us into the trenches, right? Chris Sims, he works for NBC sports, former, former, um, former NFL quarterback. His quote on PFT live was, there is no team in football that's going to play the Baltimore Ravens and be able to outmatch them or overpower them up front on either side of the ball. And I just think that was notable because obviously Kyle is one of those guys who's been setting the edges for them for sure. Jadavian Clowney has been really effective as well. And both of those guys are on the other side of 30. We know Adafe Owe, when healthy, has been really effective this year in terms of overall pressure. Uh, that he's that he's disrupting in the pocket. And then on the other side, okay, there have been a couple plays that certainly Ronnie Stanley would want back for sure. Uh, but overall, led by Tyler Linderbaum in the middle there, this has been a group that's given Lamar Jackson a whole lot of time, you know, for the, for the most part, pretty consistently. And so um, just high praise there from, from Chris about where the game begins, right? We know that it begins in the trenches and really it, it defines the way the rest of the game will, will go every single time week in and week out. And I know that's probably a good match with what Cole Jackson is seeing in, in his film room. Yeah. So Cole Jackson, friend of the show and host of road graders, which is just, uh, you know, mostly, um, film film study. This is hilarious. Uh, not only is, is the defensive line doubt, in terms of talent, but then you add in Mike McDonald's uh, science lab kind of kind of guy kind of mind. So Cole tweeted this video out, and he put Mike McDonald is a sick, sick, twisted individual. And this little <laughs> clip will show you why from the All Twenty Two. So uh, let me pause this real quick in order so you can kind of so I can set the scene so you've got one two three four five six guys up at the line so you've got your regular four but he brought in Roquan and he brought in Queen so it's like Geno Smith has no clue who's coming and who's going who's gonna rush who's gonna pull back because it changes all the time so ball is snapped immediately the two linebackers Queen and Roquan drop back into coverage so then you've got specifically, I want you to watch Odafe Owe number 99, who's all the way over on the right side. Okay, watch this stunt. <laughs> he goes from completely the right side to the complete left side. And then Whoa. so, <laughs> yeah, that, that right tackle is already committed to go get Vinoy because he has no clue that Oway's coming all the way over. Oway goes to the complete edge. And he also needs to be there to also contain it. So that tackle is like, oh, crap, kind of last second. He's got no chance against the speed of Oway now. And then Geno Smith just has to unload it, and that's the one that Hamilton almost intercepted. So let me watch, let you watch the whole thing in real time. And it's just like Mike McDonald is insane. Drops the two, 
little stunt from Travis Jones going to the inside. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. So you already have the talent and now you've got this mad scientist in Mike McDonald scheming up craziness where quarterbacks just don't even have a chance. You know, it's kind of funny too. I think that right tackle may have been, don't quote me on this, may have been 41-year-old Jason Peters who was filling in, I think, a, a practice squad call-up. And so if Adafe, who's Did you like... you say 41? Yeah, yeah. We Remember we talked, no we, we talked with Brady about that. Yeah, we Brady mentioned that, that, that Jason Peters may have been handling right tackle duties for them, and he did for at least a chunk of the game. And uh, he's the dude's forty-one. I believe he was called up from the practice squad not a not a long while ago. He's still somehow playing, but he's dealing with a with a young and fresh and early twenties Adafi Owe coming flying around from right to left. I, I literally didn't believe you, and I just googled it, and it is. He is forty-one years old. That is unreal. <laughs> that that makes Born it so in much better. Nineteen eighty-two. Think about that. Doesn't that make it so much better though? Like he's yeah. he's gonna have to deal with the young and spry Adafe Oway ninety nine coming flying from right to left. That's hysterical. So before we get to quick hits, we do wanna be sure to shout out and thank two of our returning patrons. These guys are supporting everything we're building here inside the channel through Patreon this month. So shout out Steven Dents and Jason Zarotniak. Thank you both for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore and beyond. And if you're interested in doing the same, visit patreon.com forward slash Ravens vault podcast to learn more about what we're offering this month here inside the channel. Gino Smith with his league leading six interceptions who yes, Don, you know, stone. Oh my, I did it. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> you know, stone. That was Roll it. reversal. Yeah, I know. And good catch too. You could have been off in your own land chilling. So thank you for that. Yes. He wore the Ed Reed hoodie. We know that Ed has two single seasons with nine total picks and, Gino's certainly on pace to potentially reach that number if he keeps this going. But look at what he's done on the left-hand side here for our audio-only people. It's just a nice graphic here put together by the Ravens. His six interceptions are more than three, six, nine, twelve. Twelve teams across the NFL entering Week 10, Sarah. Unreal. He's so good. He's so good. Uh, all right, next quick hit. Ravens are favored by six points over the Browns. Uh, Lamar Jackson is four and one against Cleveland at home, but but Jackson has beaten the Browns at M&T Bank Stadium by more than six points just once, meaning they're usually close. I don't feel like Cleveland quite has Lamar figured out yet, as good as their defense is. But maybe I should wait and say that after this next game. And then, uh, yeah, Browns placed uh, offensive tackle. Jedrick Willis with the knee as well as cornerback Cam Mitchell with his shoulder on injured reserve. So they are out both their starting tackles. And then Bobby, they promoted wide receiver James Prochet. I thought they were bringing him in just to get secrets for the Ravens, but they promoted him from the practice squad tipped to the 53 man, 53 man roster. So there's a chance we're going to see him on Sunday on the field. Yeah, just on a personal note for him, right? We, we know that he's had a lot going on in his life throughout the last year or so, and including a cut by the Ravens last summer. Mm -hmm. And so for him to now be on an active roster, just literally as of a week ago, cool opportunity for him. Hope the best for him, maybe not against Baltimore, but uh, moving forward because we've all seen it. He's seen the potential. We'll see if it ends up working out for him in Cleveland. All right. I think that's all the quick hits because we already talked about the, the point differential.
That's it, and we're at our forty-minute. Ca- we really got to change the thirty to forty, by the way, in the in the open. We really no, because if that. we do that, then we'll feel like we can go to fifty. We got to keep it to thirty, and then if we're ten minutes over, then at least we were close. <laughs> oh, amazing! That's probably right. Episode five of Inside the Vault with Roquan Smith, powered by CyberTech, is now available across all platforms. He was awesome as usual, and we will let you know when episode six is tentatively scheduled for perhaps after the Cleveland game. So be on the lookout for that. Subscribe to the channel if you've been enjoying our content. And if you enjoyed this video specifically, like it. Let everybody know where you get your news here inside the vault because we want to continue to be discovered here in Baltimore and beyond. So for my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison, I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from this Wednesday morning vault edition. We're going to start to turn our attention to the Cleveland Browns. We'll have our official preview episode coming up on Thursday and plenty, plenty more coming up on this 10th week of the NFL season.